0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Friendly disclaimer time, we here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with any of the media that we review or critique. We wholeheartedly support our fellow creatives at the WGA and SAG-AFTRA, and at the end of the day, we're just really big fans. Hello and welcome to the Fangirls Podcast, a place for fun, fandoms, friendship, and most importantly, fangirling. I'm Julie, and buckle up, fans, because we're going on a wild ride with our favorite men in kilts. That's right. We're talking all about Sam Hewen and Graham McTavish and their wild ride to New Zealand with our lovely correspondent, Miss Melinda. Welcome back, friends. Hi, how are you? I am wonderful. This was our show. This was our jam. This was our cup of tea. We have been waiting so long for season two of Men in Kilts, right?
1: So long. I love this show so much.
0: This was so highly anticipated. And I did not realize how much I loved the first season. I rewatched the first season and I it was just nonstop laughs. And I watched it right before I, I jumped into season two. And although I'm not gonna lie, kind of bummed that season two was shorter than season one, it didn't disappoint at all.
1: Okay, so the first season I got hooked as soon as Graham and Sam were in the rowboat singing the Outlander song. The Skybo song. I was dying of laughter. And with this new season, they didn't disappoint with the opening scene again. (laughs) So I was very excited for this season. Again, bummed it was only four episodes. Wish it would have been more. But alas, I am happy with what we got.
0: (laughs) And you've been to New Zealand. I have been there twice. Was it a trip down memory lane as you were seeing it through their eyes?
1: It was. And I found my photo albums
0: from those trips
1: and (laughs) it took me right back to those moments.
0: Oh, I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, where did you go?
1: Well, the first trip that I went was in the year. I'm going to date myself. It was 2000 and it was with a student ambassador group. And in one of our trips, we actually stayed the night in one of the Maori welcoming halls. And we had a welcome ceremony.
0: Oh, okay. It
1: really meant a lot. And I remember we all were sleeping in in the hall in all our sleeping bags. Mm -hmm. And of course, we're super excited to be there. We're a bunch of teenage kids, you know, having a fun time. And the counselors, the camp counselors, essentially, wanted to go to sleep. And we're annoyed that we weren't going to sleep. (laughs) And one of the guys... Shouted out in a very high pitched voice, no sleepy Aki. And one of the counselors turned right around and said, There will be sleepy Aki. So (laughs) I say that all the time. It's been 23 years. And that is still a very bright memory for me. And in the second trip, I went in 2006. It was with my parents, self driving tour. We met up with a touring company mm-hmm. that had existed at the time and they helped us with building the itinerary and with booking all of the local tours now lord of the rings had just finished filming we went to hobbiton before it became hobbiton so it was still private land all they had left was like the plywood for the for the set and i have a picture of me at bag end but it's literally a thin piece of white wood that resembled <laughs> the hobbit tour <laughs> They had no plans. They had no plans for this. And now it's this huge, it's a huge tourist attraction now. And rightfully so. It's absolutely gorgeous. But when I went, it was just, they had taken everything down. There was no plans to go back to it. And we also did a small tour to the Weta Workshop. And it was just me, myself, my parents, and like two other groups of maybe like three or four people in each group and we were all on this like mid-sized jeep Mm -hmm. and we drive up to the Weta workshop just to take a look at it and there's a rolling coat rack with costumes hanging up and I remember the driver saying probably don't want us to be here because you know if we take pictures and things leak it'll get bad so he made sure we didn't take any photos ourselves but then someone from Weta came out and draped over the canvas on top of the costumes so photos wouldn't spoil the the movie and i remember the tour guy was saying something like it looked like it was like a chronicles of narnia movie was what he said and i was like okay whatever 17 years go by (laughs) (laughs) i'm talking with you the night before we record and i went yeah they're filming something i wonder what it could have been and i go online and i look up and i was like well can't be the first movie because that was released in 2005 and I realized they're probably doing pre-production for Prince Caspian Dan Barnes being one of our favorite people I was like you
0: were this close man I was this
1: (laughs) close to the Darkling (laughs) legit the next day his very first TikTok video pops up on my FYP I'm like you guys it's just rude I can't handle this right now (laughs) so yeah that was my experience, we did the jet boat. We went to Rotorua. It smelled like sulfur because it's natural hot springs. Okay. And I almost went to grad school there. Really? I loved it so much. I looked up universities out there. And at the time it was mostly tourism and farming was what they oh. were what they were doing. But I almost moved there. <laughs> and this was before everyone like getting up and going. Right. This was back okay. in 2014, 2015. I was thinking of going down there for grad school.
0: I was going to say, that's um, that's a big deal because it looks like world
1: peace over there. It was gorgeous. People were very nice. I didn't have any problems running the car other than, you know, you get into your car and things are backward. I would wholeheartedly, would I would definitely visit again. That's a great place.
0: I had FOMO while watching it, <laughs> especially the food episode, but I'm just a foodie. I was just like, oh, it just looks so peaceful.
1: It was, it was
0: so nice. I I am so glad I was able to do that when I did. <laughs> yeah, I'm envious, man. Well, are you ready for some tea? Let's spill it. All right. This is the part of the show where we spill the tea. This means spoilers. So if you have not watched season two of Men in Kilts, we're going to spoil it for you. So if you were to sell a new friend on a show, this show in particular, Men in Kilts, how would you describe this show in three words? I would say it's fun. It's immersive and it's informative. I mean, I loved the culture, the comedy and the adventure of this show. You don't expect the comedy but you get it and you forget how funny these two are together. They're the perfect odd couple. There's no way to explain it. I want to see these two on Broadway and doing a tap dance number. <laughs> I want to see them sing in the rain. I want to see them do so many other adventures together just based off the comedy that they brought to this show. I don't know. And it's not like Discovery Channel, but it's still adventurous and like you said, it's informative. They're they're there to educate all things About the Scottish influence, and they did that with the first season. So I was super impressed Mm -hmm. with how they used the other half of their brain and adjusted to New Zealand culture. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. You ready for a super serious question? Okay. Hit me with your best shot. All right. Which one's your favorite season, season one or season two? No, I'm going to say probably season one. Yeah, I'm right there with you. There were more episodes. And you could tell that they were just so proud of their Scottish culture and heritage that they really brought their A game. And I'm not saying that they didn't with the second season. I think the writer strike and the SAG after strike had a lot to do with it for season two. They weren't allowed to promote the show. Yeah, but I was just so bummed that there weren't more episodes.
1: Yeah, me too. Right, four was. I felt like four was just barely barely a taste of the greatness that is their relationship i they're hilarious together i love them
0: what was your favorite episode
1: no mine's the one that focused on the maori okay when they got their their print of the tattoo on their arm that was very touching i was crying along with them when they were telling their stories with their relationship with their parents and how it affects them today
0: so i'm a giant foodie and they just haven't disappointed with the food episodes so far for the food episode, I paused the show, made myself a nice meal. It was nothing compared to what they had, but I had like a nice glass of wine and some seafood. And again, it was nowhere near as nice as what they were eating, but I kind of felt like I was on a date with Sam and Graham. <laughs> yeah. It was a very intimate <laughs> setting and I was laughing at all of their jokes. <laughs> can They're the- and dining you. <laughs> oh, they are. And I was like, can you pass the bread, sir? Yeah. <laughs> and They gave me all the FOMO for other restaurants I want to visit. I did not know there was a specific Maori way to cook fish, and it was fascinating. I don't have a chef's bone in my body, but it was fascinating (laughs) to see the process. And same with season one. I when I went to Scotland, in no way, shape, or form did it dawn on me to look for a Michelin star restaurant. But the Mm -hmm. fact that they have them in Scotland, I was like, I did not do my research. I should (laughs) have looked oh my lanta and they just gave me so much fomo and i was so mm-hmm. envious of every meal that they had i was i was just thoroughly impressed and it was a gorgeous setting the, yes. the restaurant in new zealand where you could go watch whales and the mm-hmm. stories oh i was i was in love absolutely loved it all right as we've mentioned because this season was a tad bit shorter and because you have visited new zealand what do you wish they would have highlighted more kind of wish they highlighted more
1: of the natural landscapes and outdoor adventures. Okay. Like stargazing. They have their wildlife centers. You can visit the caves. They have the southern lights. Even just exploring Hobbiton itself. I think that would have been perfect.
0: When they went to Weta, I was expecting them to go visit Hobbiton. <sighs> Huge missed opportunity. I was like, what? What happened here, guys? Help me understand. Again, because of the Sagafra strike, they can't speak on anything. At this point, because they can't promote the show, which I understand and fully support and respect, not arguing. But I was like, I need someone to shed light on this subject because I feel like you guys had more than enough content to work with. Yeah. And I don't know if it was a post-production like, well, we can rush it and get a really half-assed fifth episode. Or I don't know. I just felt like they had plenty of content to work with because they highlight, they briefly highlighted like, oh, what Mm -hmm. are we going to do next? And I was like, yeah, tell me more. But that being said, (laughs) serious question. Okay. Where do you want season three of Men and Celts to go next?
1: See, I know they like to focus on places that have a Scottish heritage of some sort. Yes. And I know Nova Scotia is right there, but. What if we went a different route along the Viking esque heritage of the Scots and go to Iceland? Okay, that'd be that'd be kind of fun.
0: That'd
1: be I, I and I'm picking Iceland because I want to go to Iceland myself, and I oh. hopefully we'll be going there
0: someday. in the future. Yeah, someday. Putting it out there in the universe, manifest that. I researched this or I googled it. That's how mm-hmm. we millennials do things. Yep. Because I was looking at where else in the world is there prominent Scottish influence, and. Mm-hmm course the u.s comes up and i feel like it would be more of a treat for sam and graham to do a road trip they're like yeah we stopped in (laughs) north carolina then went to south carolina and that is true it would be more of a treat for them to do this and we americans would just lose our ever-loving minds if they just did a road trip and that'd be like a six month trip for them (laughs) they wouldn't i mean and they're here so much for work to begin with when it comes to promoting outlander this the u.s is yeah nothing to write home about for them either but what i didn't know is south africa has a strong oh. scottish influence that i had no idea about oh. so i wouldn't mind seeing sam and graham on a safari that'd know, be and, fun but yeah. i think south africa was the most interesting place i wasn't expecting scottish influence i'd love to see them in their safari hats and making jokes and be like oh i'm the tiger. <laughs> bears am i <laughs> <laughs> no. I have, I have a question for
1: you. Hmm. What adrenaline-themed excursion would you be willing to try?
0: Oh, probably, was it the Zorb?
1: Yes,
0: okay. me too. Okay, there's no way I could ever bungee jump or do the... Mm-mm. Nope, nope.com. No, um... I cannot do the
1: bungee jump or that swing. I probably would be able to do the zip lining, but you're all going to have to push me off. Like <laughs> I don't yeah. think I'll... Zip do linings. it
0: myself <laughs> yeah ziplining's is kind of a stretch like I get the hype it just looks terrifying if you get stuck in the middle and yeah. I've seen so many horrible and en- not endings to ziplining but like <laughs> when you go ziplining in Florida and like it's over a gator lake, like specifically mm-hmm. a lake of gators and I was like hard pass why would anybody sign up for that <laughs> why you're signing your death certificate no thank you but they were going over like really extreme heights. Yeah, and I remember being sixteen, thinking I could totally do this. Yeah, yeah. By the time I was in my mid twenties, I have fully developed anxiety. Mm-hmm. And they are like, it's really pretty, but like I'm low key getting anxiety just <laughs> watching this right now. There's been some instances where I've been tempted to go ziplining in Catalina. Yes, and I was like, okay, yes, you can die here. Yes, you can. <laughs> but it's really pretty and it's nowhere near as high as like what Sam and Graham were doing. I was, I was Graham in a lot of these scenarios here. Yeah. <laughs>
1: oh, it's just the fact that he was even able to do that swing. That would have been no hard, I want to see pass. the phone
0: call he had to make to his wife ahead of time saying like, let me talk to the girl. Yeah. Like, well, let me say Alaska yeah. goodbye if push comes to show. <laughs> like, Oh dear God. Let alone like he's older. I was like, Sam, did you even like think to check his, his blood pressure? Why? <laughs> Why would you put him through that? And But anyhow, I think Sam is in his, I don't want to say midlife crisis stage, but he's in his 40s, and I think he still just wants to prove that he can do it. Sam is a millennial, and we do feel a lot younger than... Is he 40? No, he's like 42. Okay, so at 42. What... Yeah. Yeah. This elder millennial loves season two of Men in Kilts, <laughs> and I hope there's a season three. So we're tentatively waiting for an announcement, but... Mm-hmm. For the writer and actor strike it might be a minute so yeah stay tuned folks we'll keep you posted and now it is time for the spotlight of the week moonlight events is an immersive event company founded by the creators of a court of salt and snow cosplay troop their mission is to bring a touch of magic into everyday life by creating events that make you feel as though you are stepping into some of your favorite fantasy worlds they will be hosting their first event this november follow them on instagram and tiktok for all their updates <laughs>
1: We here at the Fangirls Podcast are not affiliated with or promoted by the following. Stars Entertainment, Sony Pictures Television, Boardwalk Pictures, Great Glen Company, Weta, The Walt Disney Company, or MTV Studios. We're just really big fans who would love to travel the world with both Sam and Graham if given the chance. Thank you for listening to Believe.